maybe you thought of times that you were helpful to somebody and other times you were helped. And maybe it crossed your mind sometimes when you tried to be helpful and you weren't sure whether you were being. And sometimes when you really needed help and those who helped didn't say or do quite the right things to help you. Uh, I want to share with you something you may have encountered elsewhere because it has so many applications in our lives. Um, and I think of it as the magic ring. It's called circles of care or uh, a ring theory. And it was first originated by a woman named Susan Silk who wanted to come up with a simple guide to being helpful. She drew these circles. The first circle, very small circle, there in the middle. She said, that's for the person who's directly affected by something that's going on. Maybe uh, they're sick. Maybe they've had a loss. One way or another, they're asking for help. Like with their, well, it says affected person. Some of us have, need, have trouble with our technology and need help with that. Outside that circle, she says, there are people who are not the person who is sick or has suffered a loss or something like that, but, um, but they're, they're also closely affected. Maybe a close family, spouse, sometimes close friends. There we go. Oh, no. Ha ha. And then, moving on farther out, there are people, maybe farther out family, also are concerned about the situation, not as directly affected. It's pretty simple, right? Other friends. Maybe coworkers are here. Maybe even neighbors. And then there might be um, circles even farther out. Like, um, oh, you know, as I said, neighbors, people who are, who are essentially, I'm going to put them out here, strangers and acquaintances. I'm just putting them out here because I'm out of, running out of room, not because they're in a different place. People who may find out about the situation but um, aren't really uh, affected by it, except maybe they want to just know more of what's going on. Now, the important thing about this, um, this model is that uh, if you want to help people, you're looking toward the people inside. So the, people who, the person who needs the most help, the affected person, um, if somebody wants to help her, well, they're directing their comfort, their support, their help inwards, right? So comfort in is the principle. Comfort goes in. Now, the person on the inside, uh, in, in her words, needs to be able to um, say anything to anyone anywhere. This is how, what Susan Silk says. These are the rules. The person in the center ring can fetch and complain and whine and moan and curse the heavens and say, life is unfair and why me? That's the one payoff for being in the center ring, she tells us. Well, everybody else can do that also. 
They just need to do it with the people farther out. I think she said dump out. You might also say vent out. Some people put it that way. That's the basic principle. So, you know, her, um, her friends, for example, are also very distressed that something is going on, but they don't dump on her. They only give comfort to her because she's in a smaller circle. They turn outward to people less affected, or maybe people right there in their own circle, when they need to vent about what's going on. That's the basic idea. Now, this is a very simple concept, but you may have felt it play out in your life under many occasions, on, on many occasions. Susan Silk and her husband, Barry, who uh, wrote about this, said, um, remember, you can say whatever you want if you just wait until you're talking to someone in a larger ring than yours. Sometimes you might find yourself saying something to the person in the inner ring, because this is when it's coming up. You visit somebody uh, who's very ill, and you think, oh my gosh, they look terrible. And then in a moment with their, their spouse, you say, I didn't expect her to look so terrible. You know, the spouse is right there in, in the circle, right outside the affected person. So they're not the people to, to vent to. They're the people to give comfort to. But you can say that. You can go and call up a friend, somebody who's farther outside, and say, Oh, I saw so-and-so, and she looks terrible. I'm really, really worried about her. Susan Silk and her husband assure us, don't worry. You'll get your turn in the center ring. You can count on that. Sadly, that's true. Now, Susan Silk drew these circles after her own experience of having cancer. She was in the hospital. She was recuperating from surgery that she undertook to try to save her life. And at that time, she got a query from a colleague. When would be a good time to visit? As Susan and Barry relate, she wanted, she needed to visit Susan after the surgery. But Susan didn't feel like having visitors. And she said so. Her colleague's response, this isn't just about you. Susan wondered, it's not? My breast cancer is not about me? It's about you? Now, actually, the colleague was right. Not very sensitive, but right. Your cancer is not just about you. Neither is your loss or your trauma. But it is more about you than about anyone else. You are the person most in need of comfort. And you deserve to just stand in the middle and stamp your feet and whine and rage at the universe and receive only care and support from others. Now, that colleague of silks, she was right that she needed to talk to someone. Something about Susan's cancer was bringing something up for her. And she just chose the wrong person to speak to about it. The colleague needed to vent to someone in a larger circle, someone who, like her, was not too closely affected and certainly wasn't more closely affected than she was by this difficult experience. Now, the colleague was more blunt than most of us all in such situations. The subtler, more common response if we're rebuffed when we want to help somebody, we offer something and they say, yeah, no, please, I'm not taking visitors, or don't call, only send cards, or however it is that people say, this is how to help me. If we're feeling a little rebuffed, a little like we don't know what to do at that point, the more common response is, I'm just trying to help. And usually we are. 
You may have heard this uh, poem I'm about to share with you as a song, sung by Tom Smothers of the Smothers Brothers. Remember them, boomers? On the, the record, Free to Be, You and Me. Remember that, Gen Xers? Agatha Fry, she made a pie, and Christopher John helped bake it. Christopher John, he mowed the lawn, and Agatha Fry helped rake it. Now, Zachary Zug took out the rug, and Jennifer Joy helped shake it. And Z Z Jennifer Joy, she made a toy, and Zachary Zug helped break it. Some kind of help is the kind of help that helping's all about, and some kind of help is the kind of help we all can do without. That poem is by Shel Silverstein, by the way. So we want to give the right kind of help. We want to give the kind of help that really is helpful. So how can we do that? And how can we make sure we get the help that we need? Well, that's why these rings are kind of magical, because everyone has a place to get help. Everyone has a place, uh, a way to give help. Just looking at this again, there is no place you could be in this situation that isn't somewhere in these rings. You might be very close to the problem. You might be a stranger, but somewhere there's someplace, somebody for you to turn to to give comfort and help and to receive it. I'm going to say that right out here, what, helping anybody who needs it is a place like UCPA. We are here for everybody in the circle, even if you can't actually see us. So, and there are places like that for you, even if you're really a stranger and you just kind of are curious what's going on, but you're distressed by it in some way, you know, we are here for you. Now, it's really helpful to know there's a place for you somewhere in the circle because it can feel really helpless when you're in one of those in-between rings, when you're not right in the circle in the center circle. For example, say you are the mom of a son who's getting divorced. And you're sad for your son, of course. That's who's really being most affected, him and um, his children. But you're also sad for yourself. You're not going to see your grandkids as often now with the family split up. And you've also grown very fond of your son-in-law, and you're not going to see him anymore. So you need support in this time of sadness. So now you know where to go. Just don't go to your son, who's probably struggling a lot more than you are. Where do you turn? You might turn to your spouse. You might turn to your friends who are farther out from you in the circle. And this way, everybody gets more help. You get more help because you're talking to somebody who's in a good position to give support. Whereas if you talk to your son and say, oh my God, this is so terrible. I'm, I, I don't, I'm really sad for you. I'm really sad uh, that I'm not going to see, you know, what's his name anymore. Um, he's probably not going to be in a good position to give support. So he's going to feel bad. You're going to feel bad. But if you turn outwards, then you get really good support. He feels better because you're now in a better position to support him, and he hasn't gotten the additional burden of worrying about your problems. Now, I want to say this is all a little more complicated, of course, than, um, than these simple ranks, because people are involved. And when people are involved, things are always a little more subtle and complex. People near the middle might turn to each other. Maybe 
Maybe the son wants to hug the mom and say, I know, I know, one of the things that brings me such sorrow about this divorce is that, that you and my husband have had such a good relationship and, and, and now you're losing that. Um, maybe, usually, a very sick person and their closest friends or their partner, their family members, they turn to one another. They each have good times and bad times. And, and if they have enough trust between them, they don't say, oh, well, you're in the inner circle. I can't ever go to you. You know, the spouse can sometimes say, honey, I'm so scared and worried about, about you. And maybe sometimes we want to give support and help to people in a circle farther out from us, and that's okay. So it's a little complicated. We just have to remember these as a principle. And knowing that principle, this comfort in, vent out principle in mind, we can test the waters. We can say, is this helpful for you? Or would you rather mean that I don't talk about this? And, and then you know. You can say something casual to the affected person, like, I'm really sad too. And see if they invite expansion of that, or if they are clearly giving you the message that they just can't handle your troubles on top of their own right then. And always, always, where there's enough trust and vulnerability, you can ask. You can say, what would be, what would be helping you right now? Now, it was some years after I had learned about this, um, using this kind of principle to know when and to whom to help and to seek help, that it occurred to me that it also applies um, to anti-oppression work. So here, imagine that um, in the inner circle, the people um, are the most affected by some form of oppression, um, some kind of uh, racism, misogyny, homophobia, um, fear of immigrants, and so on. They're being particularly affected. And again, you can see that everybody in all of the circles is potentially affected by this. But the people closest in, they have the greatest need for help. And the people on the outside, when they need help, should turn to somebody farther out, not the people most affected. So. If you're, say, white and you want to process your experiences of racism, which you have also had, you probably want to do it with other white people, not with people of color, who will probably feel more burdened having to take care of you in that moment. If you're um, heterosexual or cisgender and you're needing help adjusting to somebody close to you coming out as gay or trans, well, that's something you genuinely need help with and that is, is fine and natural. It's good to talk these things through. So you turn to do it with someone who's farther out from you. You don't seek that help from that person and, and not better probably from an LGBT person you know. Again, unless they've offered themselves as that kind of resource. When it comes to anti-oppression, we do best to learn from people closer to the center, right there in the middle, in the affected group. We can read the books that they've written. We can watch the documentaries that they've made or recommended or in which they are featured. And we, to them, we offer our listening presence. That is their way of saying to the outer circles here, here's how you can help me. Here's how you can understand me. When we need to sort through something that's affecting them more, more um, heavily than, intensely than it affects us, like the time we felt discriminated against for being wealthy, or um, the time that we were unconsciously sexist and then felt really bad about it, 
or how we didn't understand our part in systemic racism. When we need to sort those things through, and we do need to sort them through, then it's best to turn outwards. And here again, there's a wrinkle because it's important that the people we turn outwards be supporting us and being helpful to everybody in all the circles. Um, we don't want somebody who's just going to reinforce our, our, our worst moments. So you want somebody further out in the ring who's so going to listen to you, but also say, oh, yeah, that was kind of sexist. What are you going to do next time so that you don't do that again? Now, when somebody further out in the rings from you, from whatever problem you may be facing or whatever um, trouble is in your life, when someone from, from further out in the rings directs their questions to us because we're closer to the center, we can gently direct them to the people in their circle or beyond. I understand you need to talk about this, we can say. Have you tried PFLAG, parents and friends of lesbians and gays? Have you tried a white allies group? I understand there are some around here in the church, for example. Have you tried a support group <clears throat> for family of people with mental illness? All of these things, if somebody turns to us to say, well, you know, you've suffered with a mental illness. Can you tell me something about this? It's okay to say, you know, there's organizations that can do. And just directly direct them outward and to the people who affirm their best impulses, their impulses of really wanting to help. Now, sometimes it happens that we want to help we do get redirected, and we're reluctant to take that suggestion. No, I want to talk to this person. I want to turn inwards and talk. This is usually a pointer that there are other needs or wishes going on for us, not for information, but for confirmation of our biases when it comes to oppression or when it comes to an illness or a loss, not to give assurance, but to be assured in some way that we're in the circle or that we're good people. That's the magic of these rings. They reveal to us what we're really seeking. And sometimes what we're seeking isn't what we think we are at first. Sometimes that need is, is innocent. We're just curious. Okay, you can be curious about why so-and-so is in a wheelchair, for example. Curiosity is a natural human response, but it isn't a reason to pester a person in a wheelchair. Um, that's something very intimate. And if you, they are a stranger or indeed anybody except the closest of friends to you, you just don't have the right to ask them that question. You're just going to have to live with your curiosity. Sometimes the need we have or the wish we have is kind of defensive. As when a parent bewildered by their child's declaration of a genderqueer identity makes, um, seeks out people who will confirm their biases. They go to find other people and say, isn't my child being, being weird or difficult or something like that? And that's a need that if you realize you're trying to meet that need, you might think, hmm, okay, I need to, I need to address that in myself rather than impose that on anybody. And then sometimes as we're seeking to help or be helped, we identify a genuine and important need in ourselves such as the need for comfort because a colleague has a very serious illness. We have a need to understand our place in this complex ecosystem of race and class. Those are, those are real needs. And these outer rings are here to embrace us, 
to hold us, to offer their support and guidance. Here's the magical thing. If we will turn out to where we can receive help, then when those in the inner circles and right there in the middle need more help from us, we will have a greater capacity to give it. And if you reflected during the meditation time on how it felt to be truly helpful, how it felt to be Agatha Cry or Christopher John or Jennifer Joy and how you just don't want to be poor Zachary Zug, then you can accept the guidance of Susan Silk as a way to have that wonderful feeling of truly being of help just as we truly receive the help that we need.